0: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, cut the world over Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger than
1: yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's get started. And the Lord
0: visited Sarah as He had said. Now, this promise did not come to her because she was perfect, and neither will it come to us because we're perfect. It came to her because God is faithful. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Who could have guessed that Sarah could have a son at 90 years old? But I'm learning that, that the impossible is everyday business with God. God's not limited to our, our ability to figure it out, only our willingness to believe. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son. In his old age, when God's on your side, perseverance always pays off. It may mean failing, you know, 49 times, but the 50th is a charm. It will be worth it. Someone real aptly described perseverance as stubbornness with a purpose. See, I, I called my wife stubborn. She said, no, I persevere. He said, this happened at the set time of which God had spoken to him. You know, as we grow and as we move in this journey, you kind of have, you know, one or two choices. You can let God move everything into place, or you can rush God and rush ahead of God and watch everything fall apart. Just because it didn't happen yet, doesn't mean it won't. So hang in there. And Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, called his name Isaac. And when God first told Sarah that she was going to have a, a baby, the promise was so big that all she could do was, was laugh. And she laughed and, and disbelieved. So God rebuked her in that moment and told her to name the child Isaac, which in the Hebrew means laughter, to remind her of the fact that she laughed when God made the promise. But here's the deal. When God rebuked her, she submitted to him. And what God has a way of doing, he turned her rebuke into joy. You know, when we submit to God's discipline, we're always happier in the end. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight years old, as God had what? Commanded him. Now, this was, you know, uh, long before modern science, and modern science had not yet discovered that 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 uh, vitamin K and other uh, blood clotting uh, 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 agents are not produced an optimal level in a child until the eighth day of a baby's life. So, after four thousand years, medical science finally figured this out and, and discovered what God knew all along. Maybe God knows just a little bit more than we can imagine. Because, you know, the, the vitamin K, actually, by the eighth day, uh, actually what they do when a child typically, and I'm not a doctor and someone can clean this up, but if a child needs a surgery before the eighth day, they have to give them a needle of vitamin K so that the child's blood can clot. But God knew this, and he also knew the other things. Actually, there's some substances in our body that clot the blood that actually double on the eighth day. So it's phenomenal that God knew all this. And, and you know, scientists are surprised. How did God know? He's God after all. You know, maybe he like made us or something. You know, maybe he kind of knows how this thing works. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. So he had to fulfill or persevere 25 years to see the fulfillment of the promise that God had had given him. And sometimes you just got to hang on in life right. and you just got to hold on. And Sarah said, watch this. God has made me laugh. This is what God was trying to do all along. You know, it may be tough at the moment, but but God only disciplines us for our good. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. It is written, so shall it be. And then she said, all who hear her will laugh with me. Phyllis Diller, a famous comedian of of years gone by, she she said this. A smile is a curve that sets everything straight. And, you know, give God time and he'll get you to the place people no longer laugh at you, but with you. But it'll take a little time for God to get it done. And she also said, you know, she, she's excited, she's happy. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a child? In other words, who'd have thunk? For I have borne him a son in his old age. This is important. God will defy nature if he has to, to keep his promise to just one of his children. Yeah. So the child grew and he was, he was weaned. And typically this happened about two or three years of age in that culture. But some scholars actually say that this happened, you know, when Isaac was around five or seven years old. Now this might not, you know, might sound just a little bit judgmental, what have you. But um, if my child's old enough to open a refrigerator and, and pour a glass of milk, he better not be stepping up on that. And, dra- you know, that's just my thinking. I. But Abraham was a different kind of fella, And I, I you know. And Abraham made a feast. That was kind of funny, wasn't it? This is a funny book. People are funny. We do funny things. It's amazing, you know. God has to be cracking up half the time just watching. You say, I don't think God has sense of humor. Look in the mirror. Of course he has a sense of humor. Okay. Okay, back to the text. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now, if, you know, uh, Sarah breastfed until she was seven, this party was probably more about Abraham getting a little more room than, than the baby boy. It's in the book. I mean, this is probably. But while, you know, the, the party was jumping, everybody was excited Sarah spotted her baby boy off in the distance playing with Ishmael. And verse 9 says, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Now, you know, we are reading through the Bible and we read through the book of Genesis. And, and we know that Hara that and Sagar had ongoing problems throughout uh, their, their whole uh, uh, deal with Father Abraham. And uh, actually, at one point... Hagar even ran away, and God had to get her to come back. Now, it's not easy for two women to share one man, even though some of y'all insist on trying. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. But, But it takes a real man to know that one woman is more than enough. It does. One man stood up. All right. And it takes a real woman to realize That if another woman steals your man, the best revenge is to let her keep him. It's the way it's coming out for some reason. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham. And he was around 16 or 17 at this time. And she saw him scoffing, making fun at, at Isaac. Now, here's the deal, you know, Ishmael's no longer the heir apparent, he's no longer the center of a, a, attention, and, and over time, a jealous disposition began to, to, to creep into his heart and mind. Therefore, she said to Abraham, and and it appears when you look at the text that it's very probable that Hagar was present while Ishmael was taunting and and ridiculing, making fun and a mockery of Isaac. And and she was probably egging her on, even if she wasn't saying that she was smiling and her son saw it and and saw the gleam in the eye when she was making fun of of Isaac. So when Sarah saw this, this is not in the Bible, but but she absolutely kirked out. This is what Scripture says. She wasn't going to let nobody hurt her baby. That's right. Listen to what she says. She says, cast out this bond woman. Sarah got so mad she couldn't even say her name. She just called her the slave. Now, now when you start calling people, you know, you know something has happened. And her son, she might as well call him it. This, this, is, this is the attitude and what's coming out of Sarah's mouth here. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. So we see Sarah actually went off here, but we're about to find out (laughs) she was right. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Abraham loved his son. He, He loved Ishmael. And, and he was like, you know, honey, can't, can't we all just just get along and, 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 you know, can't we just work this out? But then God spoke to Abraham. And this might surprise you. But he sided with Abraham's wife. He said, Abraham, don't let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. God called her slave too. is interesting. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen To her voice. Now I thought a real man doesn't listen to a woman. It gets worse. Listen to this. We're in the book. God said to Abraham, who's supposed to be the head of the house, right? He said, Whatever, a term used to emphasize a lack of restriction, whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. So that's why we got to read the whole Bible. Because we have our favorite scripture, you know, wives submit to your husband. But when we read the whole book, we recognize that there's some parameters in submission. And there are some circumstances God can flip it and make it go the other way. Well, those of you that know the scriptures, you might be thinking, you might be saying, well, well, wasn't listening to Sarah what got him in the, this, this mess in the first place?" Let's go back to Genesis 16.1. Let's take a look. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. All this started because Sarah gave Abraham a weekend pass. She didn't just give him a pass. She even said, please, like he was doing her a favor. Please go into my maid. Now, guys, keep looking forward, okay? If you have to, just look at your feet. Nobody will know it's you. But how many of you in this room might have had a problem saying no? Keep looking forward. She said, Please go into my maid. These are Bible characters swinging. I don't know what's wrong with me today. And she said, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Desperation makes us do some dumb stuff. And watch this. Abraham heeded <laughs> the voice of Sarah. I mean, it's so easy to believe uh, what a person says when they tell you exactly what you want to hear. So, so Bishop, I was here on Wednesday, and you were talking about order in the family and submission and all that. Stuff. So, when should a man listen to his wife? back to Genesis 21 and 12. We're going to get the answer. God said, whatever Sarah has said to you, what? Listen to her voice. So when does a husband listen to the wife's voice? (laughs) Close. Close. But the answer is when she's right. So when, yeah. So when should I not listen to my wife? When she's wrong. See, see, this is the burden of true leadership and the conundrum of the ages. Can't live with them, can't live without them. But either way, you're responsible. You want to wear the big boy pants and walk around in the big boy shoes talking about you the man? You're responsible. We'll finish that up on Wednesday. (laughs) Yet, I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman for only one reason. Because he is your seed. Abraham had so much favor. God even blessed his mistakes. And when Abraham was willing to get back on track with a one-man, one-woman lifestyle, God blessed everything he had hurt. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Now, this is painful, but, but Abraham, he goes and gets it done. He took bread in a skin of water. He did the right thing. He made sure his ex and, and his child had everything that they needed. And putting it on her shoulder... Now, here's the deal. We we can't always get around these things. Mama had a heavier load in her life because of Abram's wrong. But here's the deal. God gives more grace to those who need it. And your man might might have abandoned you, might did a lot, might have put you out, but God will give you the grace you need to be the mama you need to be for that child. Now, maybe it didn't go the way you wanted it to, but God's grace is sufficient. And as a single parent, you got to learn to believe that said, in putting it on her shoulders, this might help you. I know it's helped me. If I had never made any mistakes in all my life, it still would not save the world. This is important. So neither can my making a mistake destroy it. None of us are Jesus, and we need to lighten up. God was not surprised by your mistake. And even if you didn't make that mistake, doesn't necessarily mean everything will be hunky-dory. God's not expecting you to be perfect. He just expects you to keep getting better and to grow. And he gave it to the boy and to Hagar and sent her away. Now, what God does do is he allows it so that all of us can live under his, his same blue sky but he doesn't make it so all of us can always live under the same roof. And sometimes we got to make decisions about our space. Then she departed and began to wonder, meaning she got lost in the wilderness of Bathsheba. And the water in the skin was used up. Now, originally, Abraham gave her everything that, that she needed, but a few wrong turns and she ran out. You see, God promises to amply supply your needs But not your waist. And sometimes the fact you're without might be an indication that somehow you've gotten off base. But what's amazing about God, he'll step in anyway. Watch what happens. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So this boy is broken. His mother's depressed and they've given up, man. That's his daddy, his daddy put him out. His daddy loved another woman more than his mama. He was the oldest son. He knew daddy longest and, and daddy preferred the younger child. He didn't see this in the spiritual way. He didn't understand there were, there were deeper principles being operated, all he knew was daddy put him out. So he's sitting under this tree and the mother can't even console him. I mean, she, there, there's no hugs from mama that can fix what daddy did. That's why we need Father God, by the way. So she sat opposite him. She watched him. She couldn't help. And all she could do is lift up her voice and weep. And sometimes that's all you can do is cry. But watch this. And God heard the voice of the lad. You see, the way the boy came into the world was a mistake. But the boy was not a mistake. And God will never treat you like a mistake. You might have came in here wrong. You might have been a surprise to mom and dad, but you are not a mistake. And God will never treat you like one. You know, when God wrote a plan for for each of our our lives, it wasn't dependent on any human being being perfect or getting it all right. It was dependent on God being faithful. Faithful. And when you begin to understand that, that what that person did or didn't do doesn't matter. What matters is God is true. God will keep you. God will preserve you. And everything stolen, everything missing, God could get back. If you trust. Then the angel of the Lord called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? You know, if I was Hagar, I'd be like, duh, you know, uh, you see, my makeup running, and the boy over there half dead. But if we put this in today's language, the angel's like, what's wrong with you? The angel's like, didn't you know I got you? Didn't you know who you belong to? I know what happened between you and Abraham, but, but, but it still could be right between you and God. He said, hey, God, fear not. Like I said, this, this doesn't come of any surprise to, to, to God. In fact, he might have been the one behind it all. Hagar, after all, how long do you think God was going to let you settle for half a man? For God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. And here's the point. God hears you right where you are. In the middle of your mess, you might feel lost. You you might have got off track and, and there may be no natural provision, but in the middle of it, God heard. And the angel said, get up, man. Better days are ahead. Lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Now, those of us that know the Bible, we know that's the same promise God gave to Abraham that was now on Isaac, his descendant. You see, Ishmael didn't need to get jealous in the first place because what's for you is for you and what's not wouldn't fit anyway. So so he ended up coming into his own. Nobody and nothing nobody can do can stop you and block you for what God ultimately has for you. So don't get mad with people. Don't get nasty with people. Don't get even with people. Keep your heart sweet and maybe you can stay in the house. Stay with me. Then God, and I'm through as fast as I got started, opened her eyes and she saw a well of water What had happened was she let the pain of her past blind her to present opportunities. What Abraham did there, he was supposed to be a man of God after all, blinded her. Her grief blinded her so she couldn't see. But When she finally got that chip off her shoulder, it was amazing what God could show her. And when you finally take that chip off your shoulder, it's amazing. But you might begin to see. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink, and he recovered. Verse 20 is the most important part of the whole thing today. Watch this. So God was with the lad. You see, if we listen to how God wants us to deal with our mistakes, God can even be with our mistakes. Ishmael was a mistake. Abraham was wrong to go into his maidservant. That was not right. But when he handled it the way he should, God was with it. Your mistake. God can be with. God can, can cause it to thrive. He can make the crooked straight. He can make your wrong right. God has a way to do what no one else could do. There had to be some pain. Abraham had to make a decision. But when he made the right decision, God took care of it. And you might have another family. You might have another child, another daughter, another son. And maybe you're not under the same roof, but God can still be with that child. God can still be everything you can't be in that child's life. God can bring around uncles. God can can make things supernaturally happen. Now, it might be a little bit more painful, a little bit more awkward, a little bit more difficult. But I see in my Bible that God was with even Ishmael. God can be with our mistakes. And that's the type of favor that was on Abraham's life. It's almost too hard to believe. I mean, how could God want to use my mistake and somehow uh, use it for his glory? God's like, that's all I got because you messed up just about everything anyway. So, 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 I mean, what, what it is is just some of your mistakes are bigger than the next person's mistake. So you blow up that mistake and say God can't do anything. But, but all of us, we, all we got is mess to give to God. And if God can't cause good to come out of bad, we have no hope. The miracle of the story is that God was with the lad. He will turn your mess into a message, your test into a testimony, and your trial into a triumph. But here's the deal. When you make a mistake, you got to own it. you got to deal with it the way God wants you to deal it. You need to call it what it is, not what you wish or hope it would be. Stop making excuses. Stop rationalizing. Do what the Word says about it. Say what the Word says about it. And you can receive the same results. Did you get anything out of that time of to share today? Amen.
1: This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org.